Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the DFS Dreamer Podcast, the Wild Card Edition. Pierre, I don't know if you know it or not, but that used to be my nickname in high school, Wild Card. Did you not know that? <laughs> I did not know that. I'm probably yeah. thankful I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I actually used to date a girl named Wild Card. It was a wild weekend. Boy, it didn't last long, though. I'll tell you that right oh, now. Kid-friendly no, show. Kid-friendly show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, but we are in the wild card weekend. One of the funnest weekends, I think, in football because it, it kind of you know, it gets rid of the Houston Texans, the Chicago Bears, the Indianapolis Colts. See, I didn't pile, pile on you there, buddy. I threw my Bears in there, too. It kind of gets rid of some of those teams and the muddling up that could possibly happen in Week 18, too, whenever you talk about a DraftKings lineup there. So we get to concentrate a little bit more on some of these teams that are in the playoffs that are pretty good, and they're going to get some good defenses. So I think that we can really make some good bank this week, Pierre, and some GPPs or even double-ups. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting depending on how you, you kind of play out the slate. So you got to think there's two games Saturday. With with two games, it's, it's a little harder to get – to get different uh, when you just don't have that many options. You go on a Sunday, there's a, a three-gamer. You can tend to do a little bit more with three games, or if you wanted to, and uh, what we're going to try to push here for our, our DFS Dreamer contest this week is the, the whole wild card weekend, Saturday through Monday, okay. all six games. Uh, from there, you can get really different. And as you mentioned, a lot of those bottom-tier teams, they're gone now. You have playoff talent. Um, at some pretty value prices because they, they kind of reprice, you know, a lot of the players in order to make sure you can actually fit in to make a decent lineup. So should be fun diving into these plays and some of the prices that we're going to have this weekend. It is never hard for me to get different, Pierre. Just never hard for me to get a little <laughs> bit too different. Pierre, Pierre Wilson at uh, Peewee31 over on Twitter. You can follow me as well at Lofit. Don't forget to follow the show at uh, if I today with a little underscore there. I didn't forget. It's just a little mental pause, Pierre. I was a basketball coach today for homeschool basketball group, and I'm 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 a little mentally drained. Just to be honest with you, I'm a little mentally drained at this point. Uh, not only are we going to be doing these DraftKings contests and taking an early look at the Saturday, Sunday, Monday slate that we have going on there for the DFS Dreamer contest, but we're also going to look at some best ball content. You know, Underdog Pierre puts on like this best ball wild card uh, playoff format, really. It's just the whole playoffs mm-hmm. where you have the player pool for the entire playoffs and every team that's in there. So I kind of want to go through that a little bit with you and just yeah. kind of map out the scenarios of what teams we think are going to win and eventually get to the Super Bowl as well. Yeah, um, best balls are unique uh, when it comes to the playoff time because you are you really want to get the majority of your roster with teams you think are going to advance uh, as you want those points to continue. I know some places do uh, like multipliers as well. Like if you have someone in the first round, they get to the, the divisional round or the second round and they get a multiplier for points. Not sure if underdogs doing that, but it, it really gets unique. It really changes your strategy of a regular season best ball where you know you're going to get, you know, all your players as long as they're healthy, you know, 18 weeks now. Whereas here, when it comes to playoff time, you get eliminated. All of a sudden, that person's gone. You're not getting any points from that position, um, obviously, unless you got other folks that advance. So definitely unique uh, and different strategy. You want to ultimately have as many from the, the Super Bowl contenders as possible. Definitely. And uh, we also got to plug that uh, if we uh, just do one more plug here, <laughs> the baseball playoffs, which is out there right now. And if you haven't had a chance to join the baseball playoffs, make sure you do so. You can reach out to me. You can DM me. You can DM Pierre, I'm sure, as well over on Twitter. Or you can DM Rob Norton at Norton0723. It's over there on his pinned tweet. It's over there on my loafing at pinned tweet and also at the Fantasy Impact Today pinned tweet as well. Just a, a chance to be able to do that where you take the player pool for the playoffs and then each week, whoever you pick, Gets take that that player gets taken out of the player pool, so we got a good nice what three four five week contest. I don't, I don't know how how long is the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be four, roughly four, four, four. Yeah, four weeks. So it's a nice four week contest with a lot of people in there. We're hoping to get to two hundred here this year. I'm not sure if we're gonna get there or not, but that's just the goal that we have is two hundred, mm-hmm. and that'd be cool. You think about two hundred people, man. If you had a te- if you had a ten team league, that's twenty. That's twenty leagues. That's a lot of people. It is, and Nort does a good job of running that. Uh, just wrapped up the regular season. I came in, I think, 11th, so I was just outside the top 10. Um, part of that was my fault because I didn't realize it, it stopped week, you know, like 17 or, or whatever it did when it stopped. Uh, so I, I just didn't I didn't build properly, I guess, <laughs> when it came to how it closed out. But really good group of folks in there uh, bouncing right. off ideas and, and other, you know, I guess best practices, for lack of a better term, 
when it comes to different type of drafts, uh, whether it be redraft, dynasty, best ball, DFS, just a lot of sharp minds in there. So it's good to compete against those guys and gals. And Rob puts all that stuff in a Discord, too, kind of breaks up the different groups so you can kind of just check out all those little ch- different chat rooms. It's only $20 to enter. $10 goes into the prize pool so that you might be able to win some things back. You get rewarded, I think, each week, and then the overall winner gets rewarded as well. And then the other $10 gets split between Ashley's Embrace and the March of Dimes. So that's always great to be able to contribute to different kinds of charities, and that's what we try to do in the fantasy football community, Pierre. We also try to win. That's all we do is win, Pierre. That's, I think that's what I heard. Uh, let's go through this playoff scenario, looking to kind of have an eye on best ball stuff, too, before we get into all the DraftKings content, Pierre. Um, Dolphins-Bills is the first matchup. I'm not sure what the latest news is on Tua Tagovailoa. I don't know if he's a game-time decision or how that's playing out. What, what have you heard? Yeah, he's still not cleared. Um, oh, that was as of earlier today, so... We, we still have, you know, up till Sunday, so the extra day, they don't play Saturday, so it's possible, but it's really tough uh, coming off the, the multiple concussions. It's one thing if it was just, you know, one, but he's had multiple instances this year, and you got you to gotta think about the, the health of the player, uh, not just for this season, but also long term. So I, I feel like it's a long shot for him actually to play. I'm sure he wants to play. I'm sure the team would like him to play just because he's going to give them the best chance of winning, but you got to be cautious when it comes to those head injuries. I'm going to tell you, it dates all the way back to college, too. All right, I've seen Tua get injured, and I've seen Tua have concussions, I believe, in college as well. It, it just – it yes, there, there's an injury history there, and I do want the best for Tua. All right, so we're going to probably pick the Bills in that one to be able to advance, and they start out on a Saturday. I think they got – or I don't know if it's Saturday, but they start out in the first round, so they're playing until they go out, which may not be until the Super Bowl. I think the Bills are always a safe bet to be able to pick in one of these best ball type of drafts. I'm going to move people up in the leaderboard uh, from the Bills. And uh, the opposite of them is the Ravens-Bengals game. I think the Bengals are – just right now they're playing with a little chip on their shoulder, Pierre. And I really like that from that standpoint. And I still see the Ravens being very, maybe not even one dimensional on offense. If Lamar Jackson plays, that helps out a lot, but man, if he doesn't play, that's a really tough, going to be a big, (laughs) that's tough. (laughs) That's tough for the Ravens. Well, we kind of saw that last week. Uh, I know they didn't have Huntley either, but if, if Lamar's out, then you are really going to lean the Bengals pretty strong. They're at home anyways. And they've kind of, you know, played really well against the uh, the Ravens here in recent years, even on the road at times. So I know they lost earlier this year. You know, they they went in and I think they they lost by like two really close game. So that's what you got to kind of be cautious of. So yeah, Buffalo, they're the favorites. They should ultimately win. But if you load up on Bills and they lose, you're going to be in trouble uh, with the rest of your your roster there. And they've had some close games uh, with the Dolphins as well. Uh, Two points early on in the year, three points there at Buffalo. Um, obviously, if Tua doesn't play, yeah, it's probably a little stronger for the Bills. The same if Lamar doesn't play for the Ravens. But those guys are in. You know, you got to keep that in mind. I mean, we saw that a bit even, you know, last year when you had certain teams get knocked out early. The Packers, for example, uh, get knocked out early by teams like San Francisco or the Buccaneers. All of a sudden, you know, you're losing Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, those types. Um, so with the same goes for like the Bills, if you load up on your Diggs, your Josh Allen's, if they somehow get knocked off against the Dolphins, you're in trouble. Uh, same with the Bengals. But I do I do like both of those teams. I feel like that's where a lot of the, the field is going to go, you know, to the Bills, to the Bengals, uh, those home teams with home field advantage with, you know, more than, you know, three points in the spread themselves. So I think they're pretty safe bets to, to go ahead and draft for these playoff best ball. I do too, but then you run into the problem with the Bills and Cincinnati facing each other in the next round. You know, so yeah. one of those two teams are going to bow out, and I'm not sure which one that's going to be. It's it's going to be pretty much a coin flip. I I I don't know. It's got, I think that's going to be a neutral game site too, as well, right? If if they end up meeting up, is that right? Um, yeah. So there's a there's a neutral. I know for sure for the AFC Championship. Um, I'm not sure if, if it's going to be the Chiefs case for, for, for Buffalo and the Bengals. But, yeah, if the Bills and the Chiefs get to the AFC Championship, that's going to be a neutral field. Um, when it comes to Bills and Bengals, not 100% on how the NFL okay. decided on that on that process there. Co- coin flip. I, I don't know. but it's just, <laughs> And I say that. I don't know what the exact thing is either. Uh, but I do know that when I saw Cincinnati play, and I've seen Cincinnati's reactions since the NFL, I guess, new rules is what they put uh-huh. out there. 
they 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 have a chip on their shoulder, man. I I really want to lean if it's Bill Cincinnati, and I've seen Josh Allen's red zone woes. He throws a lot of interceptions in the red zone. He turns the ball mm-hmm. over a lot, and I've seen Cincinnati's bang, Cincinnati Bengal defense really step up to the plate here towards the end of the season. They've really come together. They've really gelled. I'm almost leaning Cincinnati because I think that they have the talent on both sides of the ball, especially on the offensive side of the ball, to keep up with anybody. And I'm I I. I I just think that they have the attitude of wanting to get back there. When I when I see Joe Burrow in an interview and he's like, "The whole my whole career is the window, man. What are you talking about?" You know, right. they and, and you see Joe Mixon out there uh, doing those things, and you see him and his attitude before the game. I just I think that they really now have got a chip on their shoulder, Pierre. I think they've had one. Um, I think it's kind of added fuel to the fire, but yeah, remember they they were the AFC's representation in the Super Bowl last year, and yeah. No one's talked about them. It's all been Chiefs. It's all been Bills. So they're kind of right back in that situation. And so they've had the chip of, hey, don't forget about us. We're the defending conference champions. Now, in addition to this this coin flip stuff, which, you know, rightfully so, I didn't I didn't feel like that game should have continued. And I thought the, the cancellation was the right call. Mm-hmm. But the coin flip really didn't benefit them at all. It benefited, you know, Buffalo. It, it could, potentially it didn't really harm Kansas, Kansas City, but it. It, it hurt the Bengals the most because even so, if they would have lost that game to the Ravens, there's a coin flip to see who plays at home uh, for the wild card round. So uh, I think even one of the celebrations, one of them kicked, I think maybe it was mixed and he like flipped the coin and he acted like he was kicking it, you know, into the crowd. So yeah, they definitely had that chip. And I do like the Bengals. I like Burrow's swagger. I have since LSU. So them and the bills is going to be quite the, the matchup. Obviously, that, that story is going to be a little different just based off what took place that, that first matchup, uh, the emotions that are going to be a part of that. But from a football standpoint, it should be one, if it happens, uh, that should be exciting for the football world. Sure will be. But I'm going to lean a little bit Cincinnati there. <clears throat> and then you got Chargers and Jaguars, Pierre. Gonna, uh, one of those two are going to meet up against the Chiefs in that next round. Uh, I, I, I'm going to lean Jaguars on this one. I'm not impressed with the Chargers. Uh, Mike Williams might have a little bit of back injury. I don't think that's as important as as maybe you know on the surface level it is because Josh Palmer, Carter, both have stepped in there pretty well, and they do have Gerald Everett, who is a weapon as well. So I'm, I'm not I'm not too worried about that part. But man, the Jaguars' offense right now is clicking. They're a machine. I'm not going to take that Tennessee Titan game very with, with too much. You know, read it. I'm not going to read into it too much because yeah. the Titans make everything ugly. That's just what they do, and that's <laughs> what they did with that game too. Is they made it really ugly, but Jacksonville by the end of the game was looking very, very pretty. So I think that they they are legs above the Titans were, and I, I'm going to just take them over the Chargers because the Chargers really they haven't been able to stop a whole lot of people. Yeah, this is a this is a good matchup. I actually like that this is the Saturday night game because you you have two young quarterbacks really getting their their first playoff experience. Chargers, many thought they would be there last year. They kind of folded at the end of the year. Therein, you got Trevor Lawrence, his first time. So the nerves are probably going to be there early. But one thing you mentioned with the Titans, the reason that they they kind of make those games ugly is they run the ball so much, try to pound it with with Henry, play it safe. Uh, Chargers are got a gunslinger with, with Justin Herbert. He's going to air it out. Don't don't know the status of Mike Williams, as you mentioned. Uh, don't know why he was playing last week in a game where they couldn't advance in their their playoff seating. And you know he came up with the back. It doesn't sound like it's too bad. Uh, it seems like he's going to practice later this week. Probably play uh, come Saturday night. But yeah, this is a, a pretty good matchup here. I expect a lot of points. Uh, so does Vegas with it being the second um, highest over under uh, of the entire weekend. I do like the Jags a lot. Um, I know from a bad standpoint, again, it's tough if you take them and they get, you know, knocked out by the Chargers because this is the closest spread, you know, of the whole weekend as well. So you look at it, it's a one point right now, what I have for the Chargers. Uh, but that means it's kind of a coin toss. As we just mm-hmm. talked about coin toss, this this matchup's a coin toss. So it's tough to take a lot of players from either side just because it could it could really come down to the final minutes here. And uh, you could be left with a lot of your roster not available to you if you decide to stack one of these teams, which I think is the still the the way you want to go when it comes to even best ball playoffs. You still want to stack um, because you want to get as many points as possible with your quarterback and his pass catchers or playmakers. Uh, you just hope that stack advances and it gets a little tough here with a one point spread for these two teams. 
Yeah, I don't look at stacking either one of these teams too much or even playing them too much in the best ball. They, they, there'll be some one-offs in there if I have to, you know, because I'm you know, like a Christian Kirk is is, is going to work his way up my ranks. You know, uh, Keenan Allen is going to work his way up hit my ranks and Austin Eckler. But I'm afraid that whoever faces the Chiefs in the second round is not going to be able to advance any further than that. You know, so I, I'm looking at one game maybe two games for either one of these teams. I'm going to lean Jaguars for the second game too. You know what I mean? Like I I think the Jaguars are going to be able to advance, but when it runs into the chiefs at home in Kansas city for either one of those teams, I don't think they're going to be able to make it past that one. I have the chiefs advancing against either one of those teams. So I have the chiefs playing one game at that point. And both of those other teams playing just two. The one thing that makes me nervous with the chiefs is the the chargers. It's because they play them. Twice a year, every year. Uh, they beat them earlier at Kansas City. They went in there and won, uh, what, 30 to 24. And then the the second game at home, I think it was like a three-point game. They always just play them tight. They, they play them really close. So that would be the one team that the, the Chiefs probably don't want to see out of these two. Okay. Well, I, I can understand that. And both of those, whoever does play them, I, both of them are kind of a threat because they both pass the ball really well. And we've seen the Chiefs be able to give up a lot of points uh, from fantasy perspective through the air. And I, I think that, that they're both vulnerable. They both could do that. But I, 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 I'll I, have to see the Chiefs lose before I believe that they'll lose. Uh, so I have, I have the Chiefs in Cincinnati going into the next round. So I got Cincinnati playing three games up until okay. those Kansas City Chiefs. And then I think that the Cincinnati Bengals – I don't know why they wouldn't beat the Chiefs. I I just don't know why, because they can do everything that the Chiefs can do, and maybe even just a little bit better, Pierre. So I'm going to take – I think Chiefs – I'm sorry, I think Cincinnati's good as far as a a perspective to kind of play in a lot of games. That's what I'm looking at for best ball. I'm I'm looking to put a lot of Cincinnati Bengals in there if I can. (laughs) You could. I mean, you're kind of playing the same script of last year. You're you're hoping it, it plays out again. Uh, even more so with the, the AFC Championship, if it's the the, the Chiefs and the, the Bengals. But uh, I think I would lean Buffalo overall okay. in the the, the AFC. Um, it just feels like their year, even more so mm. uh, with kind of them rallying together um, with the near near tragedy uh, that took place in their team as well. So I'll be Team Bills if I'm if I'm going to load up on one side. That too, that too, it'll be. Okay, well, you'll be wrong. Hey, on the NFC <laughs> side, <laughs> uh, I, I like when it's 49ers versus Seahawks. It's the uh, first one I see anyway, mm-hmm. and I really like the 49ers in this matchup. I, but I'll tell you what, as I thought about this throughout the week, I get nervous for Brock Purdy. You know what I mean? I get nervous. He's a he's a <laughs> rookie quarterback, last selection, and the Seahawks, their defense is not as bad as it was at the first of the year. And we said it over and over again here on the DFS Dreamer podcast that that the Seahawks just don't give up a lot of big pass plays. They kind of keep everything in front of them. And I, I know that that's not how necessarily the 49ers attack you, but I just see the Seahawks defense maybe giving uh, Purdy a little bit of problem. I don't know, just because the they're so well-rounded in San Francisco. Like It doesn't matter what quarterback they put in there. Uh, they're, they're just going to get the job done. They can lean on McCaffrey. Seahawks really struggle against the run. Uh, they struggle against tight end, and you know they got Kittle on the other end, and him and Purdy have had such a connection. So I just find it it's going to be really hard for me. I, I think the to think the the Seahawks are going to give the 49ers any trouble. It's it's you know it's on the road for the Seahawks, and again San Francisco has just been so good. They're they're healthy. They have so many weapons. Debo's back healthy. Um, 10 point spread. So this is the, the biggest spread as well, uh, which obviously could be a, a trap in, in some ways. But I, I do like San Francisco here. I think they they probably handle the Seahawks pretty handily. OK, well, I got the 49ers advancing. I was just I like to second guess myself. OK, uh, <laughs> and then I got the we got the Giants and the Vikings that the 49ers will take on the winner of that game. Giants and the Vikings. I haven't seen the Vikings win a game. I know they won a lot of games. OK, <laughs> I know they did. But man, they they win it by you know the the skin of their teeth. They're in every single game. It's always a 50-50 game. It feels like, and that eventually comes back to earth. You know what I mean? Like they're they won a lot of games, Pierre. That means they're due to lose a lot of games. And I'll be if the New York Giants aren't one of those teams that I feel like can beat them. And I really want to pick on the New York Giants in DFS this week, especially against that Minnesota Viking defense, Pierre. Yeah, we haven't really talked about DFS yet, but I, I would like the the Giants this week. Good pricing across the board, and again, we kind of saw this matchup early where they 
they hung in there at Minnesota, only lost by three. They were right there in that game. I expect that same type of, of script. You know, the, the pressure's going to be on Minnesota. Pressure's going to be on Cousins. Uh, so I do think the Giants can come in here and, and you know, give an upset. Will it happen? Eh, I'm not sure, but I think they have a pretty good chance, and it's another one of those games of a, a close spread at only three, uh, which is basically the, the generic uh, favorite type of line when it comes to three for the home team. So then we got the 49ers at the uh, or Giants at the 49ers, I reckon, is what, how that would go. Mm-hmm. And once again, I, I, that, I, maybe that's where my Purdy uh, hesitation comes into play because I just, the Giants love the blitz, man. The, 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 you know, you got that guy, <laughs> the weak Martindale guy from blitzing, blitzing, blitzing. And that could just give a lot of issues. But I, I don't know, Pierre. I, I get to right there and I'm going, ooh, I don't want to stack a whole bunch of 49ers in my lineup. I don't want to stack a bunch of New York Giants in my lineup either. I'm just kind of being weary of that whole 49er thing. I, I, I like the Niners. The The one concern that I have with them is just how many weapons they have. So, yeah, they could be winning and advancing, but you might not be getting Ooh. the points yeah. from a fantasy standpoint. Only one I think I feel safe with is McCaffrey. Um, but when it comes to Debo, I up Kittle. It could be either one of those guys week to week, and so if you don't if you don't have the right one, you know your 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 team's advancing from a 49er standpoint, but your your basketball team may not be scoring what you need them to score just because it's so spread out. It, it's been Kittle though a lot of times, other than those guys towards the end of the year, and maybe a little bit. But Debo's been out; he didn't come yeah, back until, until last week. So yeah, injuries definitely played a part of that. But then again, with CMC, my concern there is with Elijah Mitchell back. He seems to get a lot of that work, and I think that uh, what is it that that CMC's point total, fantasy point total, goes down from like twenty five points per game whenever Elijah Mitchell's not in there, down to like eighteen or sixteen points per game because of Elijah Mitchell getting run too. So I and yeah. and I know eighteen or sixteen is not nothing to sneeze at, you know, it's still pretty good, <laughs> but but it just it takes a it takes a hit. Yeah, but this is these are the playoffs, so that's the the one thing I know through the regular season. They spelled McCaffrey quite a bit. Now that they're in the postseason, I think he's gonna he's gonna see his touches more often than not. They'll still use Elijah Mitchell, but I think it'll be more McCaffrey than it's not McCaffrey. Okay, well, I got 49ers advancing to the next round in pencil. Okay, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna advance them. So they're gonna play three games themselves, and like you said, CMC is definitely the clear winner there. And I think that in those best ball things, Brock Purdy probably be one of those guys towards the end of the draft. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he, yeah. he's He's not going to go real high, so you might be able to get him cheap, and he's going, he's going to probably be able to get you 13, 14 points each week in that draft in whatever best ball format you're working on there, so that could add up by the end of the time. <clears throat> then you got Cowboys and Buccaneers. Am I crazy for thinking that the Buccaneers <laughs> are going to win this game, Pierre? I, I, am I crazy for thinking that? It's, you're not crazy. It's, it's going to depend on the pressure up front. If they can... If, they get Brady on happy feet, like Parsons and Lawrence and those guys are getting to him. I think Dallas can't come in here and win. Uh, if Brady's protected and upright, uh, it could get ugly for the Cowboys. <laughs> they, they say that Mike McCarthy is safe no matter what happens. But if they come in here and, and lose the 50-year-old Tom Brady and the 8-8 eight and eight Tampa Bay Buccaneers or 9-8, and eight, I guess it was, uh, it could get really ugly for Mike McCarthy, especially with Sean Payton out there. Uh, looking for a job. So I, I think Tampa can win, uh, but they got to keep Brady upright, which is no guarantee with the pass rush that the Cowboys have. Just the same as the Minnesota Vikings have won a lot of close games. Whenever mm-hmm. I've watched the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it seems like everything that could go wrong in a game goes wrong. Like the 50-50 balls go mm-hmm. against them 75% of the time. Like, you know, if it's a tip ball <laughs> or something like that. three and a half quarters. Yeah, I mean, if it's a tip ball or something like that, it always goes into the opponent's hand. If if the ball hits uh, Kate Otten in, a, in the hands, it just falls to the ground. You know, it's just everything that goes wrong goes wrong, it feels like, for this year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 75% of the time. And if that happens, if they can turn, if it turns around to level itself out some point, it might start now. And I'll tell you, with, with the Cowboys, it seems like everything goes wrong for them in the playoffs. So maybe this is the week for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to get it going. I, I don't know. And, in addition, I, like the Cowboys, I feel like they're they're at their best when they can when they can run the ball when they can use both Zeke, both mm-hmm. Pollard, and Tampa's really good, you know, at stopping the run. Via Veda in the middle, that's where they kind of excel. So that's why I feel like it's kind of a a tougher matchup. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for them. But, you know, you look even early on, they went into Dallas. What was that, week one? Yep. 19-3, to Tampa. Dallas couldn't run the ball. So that's just that's just the concern that I have for the Cowboys, where they can open things up. Uh, they won't be able to against this this front seven of the, the Buccaneers, so they're going to have to depend on Dak. And I think the the question marks are, are out on Dak a little bit there in Dallas. So this is this is a, a get right spot for him to to show he's their their franchise quarterback. I'm gonna pencil in the Buccaneers winning this game. I just am. They're at home. I, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna pencil pencil the Buccaneers to win the game and advance against the Eagles. Oh, to play the Eagles. <laughs> Jalen Jalen did not look right. He just didn't he did look not. right. I don't know if he looked wrong enough. To lose a game against the Buccaneers or the Cowboys, I don't know because that defense was still there. The defense can still play. Mm-hmm. I think that you know last week was a you know a side note that they didn't have a lot to play for all that stuff. I I I want to take the Eagles all the way to the Super Bowl pre Jalen Hurts injury, but I can't do it now. I almost want to say the Buccaneers could beat the Eagles. I I, I want to say that, Pierre. I mean, any given Sunday, they could definitely do it. But I, I, I like the Eagles here. Okay. Um, again, their defense is, is stellar, and they can they can throw the ball. And when it comes to running, it's not just, you know, Miles Sanders, you got a running back. I got to worry about. Like, Hurts can take off himself. Uh, they're going to have the the extra week from the, the bye for him to get healthy as well. Uh, so I do like Philly. I think it'll be uh, probably Philly and the 49ers. I think the top two seeds uh, probably come out of the NFC myself. Okay, it's Philly 49ers, and you have who advancing? The 49ers. I think okay. they, they make it to the Super Bowl. They, so, they knock off Philly. One, two, three, four. That would be four games the 49ers would play, which is really good in a best ball tournament. I have Cincinnati advancing four rounds. And I so Cincinnati, we both uh, – and Buffalo, I think we both see that. So I think you can really, in best ball formats – Look for a Buffalo Cincinnati 49ers. If you start putting a lot of those players together, you're going to have four weeks worth of points, possibly, is what Pierre and I are breaking down here for. Hey, good little best ball roundup, pal. We didn't normally do that, but we did it that time. Thank you. Thank you. It's nice, yeah. nice change up. So now let's dive into this, this DFS slate real quick and knock it out. Well, you got two things. You, you've alerted me to two things. Which one am I supposed to click on here, bud? So oh. the, the one we're clicking on actually says DFS Dreamers wild card round. That makes um, sense. <laughs> what took place is there's a reoccurring contest that happens during the regular season. It wasn't supposed to happen uh, during the, the postseason. It happened anyways, but it's only the two-gamer on Saturday, which I don't want to do. I don't feel like there will be that much differentiation. Uh, so I, I created the DFS Dreamers wild card round which is basically Saturday through Monday. So for the listeners, that's the one we're, we're jumping into this week. Please don't enter the other one. If not, just know there probably won't be a lot of people in there because that's not going to be the link we share, et cetera. You want to get in the DFS Dreamers wild card round. So you tell me not you're scared. Say scared, Pierre. All right, so the, <laughs> so the Saturday game, uh, first one is Seattle-San Francisco. This point total is at 43. Uh, it looked like a little rain in the forecast possibly. Yep. Oh, one, one second. So oh. – um, our Burbuff was our winner oh, yeah, uh, last yeah. week, uh, week 18. So he, he got hot there late. Uh, so a bit congrats to our Burba again, taking down first. Uh, I was in second, but I really wasn't too close to him. Uh, he got me by like 19 points. Uh, with his roster, he had Josh Allen, Cam Akers, Zach Moss, Greg Dortch, Stefan Diggs, the pair with Allen, Rashid Shahid, uh, Tyler Higby, Najee Harris, and the Bills defense for a 149.36. Yeah, I'm glad you reminded me of that because he did. He he whooped me. I, I kept drifting back. I had a bunch of early games. He told me to put a bunch of late games in there, and I went opposite. I, yeah, that's why you're towards the bottom. <laughs> I had fun building my Joe Flacco lineup. It wasn't in that contest. I built another one just for old time's sake. And I, I, I did pretty good last week, though, in a lot of different contests. That one I, I did, uh, didn't do so well in with the DFS Dreamer one. But it was it was fun to do anyway. San Francisco, Seattle, this point total is 43 points. Mm-hmm. Like you said, San Francisco is favored by 10 points. They have a 26 and a half point total. Woo, that's pretty big. That's pretty nice. I think yeah. it's the second highest on the slate you got buffalo at the highest one at 27 and three quarters there uh but but they got 26 and a half for san francisco okay you're talking you're making me into a believer pierre you're making me into one out of this one which quarterback do you like more a geno smith or a brock purdy which quarterback probably still purdy like the 49ers have one of the, one of the best defenses uh their prices are pretty similar like everyone's kind of priced down cheap especially for saturday 
but you're just saving 100 off of Geno. Uh, but even with Seattle having to, to probably throw to, to try to keep up, I just prefer Purdy just because I feel like he's got all his weapons. Uh, the Seahawks defense is, has not been too great or, or stellar, I don't feel. He's played the, the 49ers twice this year, he being Geno, 15.3 and then 7.08. Uh, not really the, the ceiling or the floor that you want uh, from Geno. Uh, whereas Purdy's been pretty safe. He's going to get you that 15 to 18 just because of the weapons that he has. Uh, so I think I lean Purdy out of those two. In the running back room, you got McCaffrey, Walker, Mitchell, and I think that's probably about it. That's that's the only ones that are really prevalent here. And Pierre, I made a little note the other day, and 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 it was I think the uh, it was against Detroit versus Green Bay, right? Yeah. And I was thinking about this, and it may have been even the Detroit game a week earlier. I think that one was against the Bears, if I'm not mistaken. And and I was I made I made a mental note. I even wrote it down because while I was making my DraftKings lineup, I went, huh. You should take the cheaper running back, Wes. When it's when it's two when it's a good running back matchup against mm-hmm. a bad running defense or whatever, a defense that defends against a run badly. And there's two, it's a like a split backfield. Take the cheaper running back, Wes, because both of them have got an opportunity to score. And I think Jamal Williams was the cheaper running back that week. And I think Jamal Williams was the cheaper <laughs> running back last week. I don't, I don't know if that's the case or not. But whenever I look at this, I, I'm tempted to take Eli Mitchell just for that reason. He's at 4,700, while Christian McCaffrey's at 8,900. I know you're a big believer in CMC this week, though. I am. I am. I'm going I'm to go CMC uh, just because I feel like his touches are, are going to be there. Uh, even if you look at, last week where they, they kind of got out in front of Arizona pretty quickly. Uh, Elijah Mitchell did, did his 17 and a half on five attempts. <laughs> Two of those are touchdowns. He can't bank on that type of uh, efficiency uh, when it comes to, to fantasy points. And I do feel like wouldn't be in the playoffs uh, unless they get out to like a, a blowout lead, which even then McCaffrey could play a part of. I would lean CMC. They they traded for him for this this reason right here. It wasn't necessarily for the regular season. It was to get them over the hump uh, in the playoffs. So I think they'll lean on him. And I think they'll be able to just because they are healthier, you know, with a Debo Samuel who could, you know, steal some touches as well in the backfield with some carries. Brandon and I kittle those guys. So uh, I think this opens up things for McCaffrey. And I think the 49ers will lean on him now that it's postseason time. Okay, what about Kenneth Walker? We can't do that at all because San Francisco is just a stout run defense. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I mean, it's a good way to be contrarian, but uh, he's going to be contrarian for a reason, so I would say no for, for Ken Walker. Okay, and then I got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett sitting there looking at this San Francisco 49er pass defense, and it's not that good. Pierre, I I, I know I know it's not, and and yeah, they're both at sixty two hundred and six k respectively. If I was going to take a shot at running it back, I'd probably take Lockett. He seems to be a, a hot, and he seems to be the guy Gino looks for in the end zone. Yeah, I agree. I like Lockett. You also save a couple hundred bucks. Uh, he'd be a good bring back as well if you decide to to stack the 49ers. Uh, I think Lockett would be the the best bring back. If you go Seattle, clearly uh, Gino has two easy guys. Uh, that you would pair him up with, with, with Metcalf and Lockett as well. Um, I won't be stacking them, but as you mentioned, if they, they do get behind as the game script shows and, you know, Geno's having to pass quite possibly there and in garbage time, they could get there. Uh, so I like Metcalf and, and Lockett for sure as a bring back. Uh, I lean Lockett. And then I, at tight end, I don't mind uh, Kobe Parkinson as well uh, down at 2,500. I know no offense there at 3,100. Uh, but Parkinson's going to save you $600, and if he can fall in the end zone, especially with Will Disley out, uh, he could save you some salary on this type of sleep. Okay, so so Parkinson can fall into the end zone, but Eli Mitchell can't. I see how you are. Hey, if you're going to run, uh, if you're going to stack up some 49ers, a Purdy, uh, CMC, and not one of these receivers, it's got to be Kittle in this matchup here. Yeah, it should be Kittle. Um, 5,900, he's shown it here the last few weeks as well. Uh, again, my only hesitation is, one, Debo was out, what, three of those four games. Uh, didn't come back to the Arizona game, and I'm not sure he was a full board of that game. Um, but as we talk about, young quarterbacks tend to lean on the tight ends, and that's what we've seen with Purdy. Uh, we also see Seattle is one of the worst, if not the worst, against the tight end position. Uh, so that's going to put some, some rostership and ownership on George Kittle as well. Uh, one hiccup is his touchdown. So do you expect the, the touchdowns to continue? If you take away one touchdown last week, for example, he's at 12.9 points. 
Uh, that's not really what you want for 6K. If you take away both, he's at six points. Uh, you look at the games, you know, big game against, you know, Washington, a pretty good game against Seattle as well, you know, here, what, week 15. So if you expect that to happen again, sure. But even that game against Seattle, he caught four catches for 93 yards and two touchdowns. That's not a lot of volume with, with four catches. He just made the most out of it. So I would just be a, a little cautious. But, yeah, he's got a good history against Seattle. Um, I think a lot of folks are going to be on him. He'll probably be the most popular tight end play. I do like him. So if you, you are going to take a pass catcher, I do lean Kittle. I just want to give you the caution to just make sure that volume's still there for him. Yeah, and he is the most expensive with tight end on this slate at 6,100. So that does make it, uh, you know, a little bit more thing. I, you know how I am. I, I like cheap tight ends, Pierre. I like cheap tight ends, <laughs> and I I'm not really trusting Purdy too much. So I just may run a CMC in this game all, all by his little lonesome as a one-off if I can afford it. Next game is the Los Angeles Chargers at those Jacksonville Jaguars. This is the other Saturday night game, as you alluded to a little bit earlier. This is 47-and-a-half point total, Pierre. That, that's a big one. That's a big one. And the Chargers are we've got a team implied total of 24 and a quarter with just being, what, they're one-point underdogs? Or one-point, they're one-point favorite on the road. Mm-hmm. On the road. Wow. Wow. They are. And, again, this is a pretty good spot. I think this has some shootout potential mm-hmm. just because – they have two young, you know, gunslingers uh, when it comes to the quarterback position. So uh, I do like that. It's in Jacksonville. Should be some decent weather as long as it's not raining there in Florida. And uh, I don't know. I think I'm going to lean T-Law a little bit. Uh, for one, his price is a little better for sure. And uh, I know we're, we're talking about the, the the Saturday through through Monday. So just note that if you're playing just Saturday only, some of these prices could be a little different. Yes. Then the the Saturday through Monday, but it looks like T Law is going to be fifty seven hundred regardless. Um, so I do like him. I think they can pass against the Chargers. I think they can run against the Chargers as well um, with with ETN. But I would lean uh, Trevor Lawrence just because his pass catchers are very affordable as well uh, when it comes to his main route tree. Uh, that being Kirk, that being Zay Jones, that being Evan Ingram. So uh, I think I lean T Law there. I like Herbert. He's he's up at, at sixty six. He just hasn't had the the ceiling games this year. No, I know his 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 playmakers have been in and out. You know of the of the the offense itself. Keenan Allen been banged up. Mike Williams banged up. Um, that's still the case uh, a little bit with Mike Williams, but he he hasn't really had that that ceiling that you need. He's only at sixty six, so you're only looking at you know eighteen to twenty that you need him to hit his value. He can do that, but in the same instance you know Eckler could punch it in two or three times on the ground as well so I think I lean T-Law for that reason I do too and I think that's one of the reasons why we don't see those high ceiling games from uh, Herbert anymore because Eckler's getting 13 touchdowns on the ground you know I mean it's, yeah. it's, it's incredible he doesn't he doesn't you know, give it give you that many here anymore it doesn't seem like and so you know you're talking about 18 combined touchdowns for Austin Eckler this season and that just uh, really limits what somebody like uh, you know his upside they're not doing any quarterback sneaks. They're not doing anything like that. He's not really running the ball or anything. So I, I agree with you. And I really think Trevor Lawrence on this slate here is going to probably be really highly owned. I could be wrong. The week will tell a little bit more of that as the week goes on. But, man, he's down there towards the bottom of this whole quarterback list. And he's yeah. at 5,700. Me personally, I might drift towards a Daniel Jones on this list. Uh, but he's like the third lowest Third lowest, is that right? Third, Tyler Huntley's down there at 5K, so I guess uh, maybe the fourth lowest. But that's that's pretty cheap for Trevor Lawrence, especially with the amount of um, points, fantasy points, that he's been able to put up in those kind of shootout games. Exactly, exactly. He has 30-point upside. He's shown it a few times this year. So I do like Lawrence. Him and Daniel Jones are, are great now about the same within $100 of each other. So they'll be the popular value quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the other thing you you're gonna have to take into account is Josh Allen. Um, people are gonna play Josh Allen just because he's Josh Allen. Uh, Seventy nine hundred uh, when it comes to the uh, the Sunday slate for sure. I think he's still that for the 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 main Saturday through through Monday as well. So that that be the one that could take away um, a little bit of the the roster ship there. But even so, if if most of your roster ship ownership is gonna be Daniel Jones, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence. That's going to leave a lot of talented quarterbacks, you know, that people aren't going to be on. 
Kirk Cousins, <laughs> you know, he's still talented. He's still got Justin Jefferson he can throw to. Joe Burrow, 6,900. Like, I know we'll get to these plays, but as we're kind of just looking at the, the pricing and where I yeah. think people are going to be, there's some options that a lot of people aren't going to play this week. I agree. I, I do like Travis Etienne in this matchup as well. Uh, Sixty three hundred. That kid, he can get that twenty six points on DraftKings, and I think that is is probably his floor is somewhere in that eighteen, which is where we need to be. But I think yep. his ceiling is in that twenty six range. Yeah, I like Etienne uh, quite a bit. I like Zay Jones. Uh, he's one of the the better points per dollar receivers on the slate. I think a lot of folks can get to Christian Kirk as well, who seems to be kind of taking back over that that wide receiver one. But you never know what those guys. It, it could be Jones one week. It could be you know Kirk the next week, and then Evan Ingram is going to be the the most popular way to get off of of George Kittle. If you don't want to play Kittle, I think it'll be Ingram probably even more so than than Mark Andrews when it comes to the Saturday through Monday. I agree. That forty four hundred looks so enticing. Yeah, that one looks like a setup. You know that one <laughs> because it does. I mean he's he's just down there at forty four hundred, and we all know what Evan Ingram has done as of late. And I'm not gonna you know what he did last week might have helped us out a little bit. They didn't have to mm-hmm. do nothing against Houston. I think they just kind of wrapped him in bubble wrap these last couple of games. <laughs> and I I think the Titans Titans have a tendency to take away your biggest threat. And I think Evan Ingram was that biggest threat that they wanted to take away. And so they just said no, you're gonna have to find another way. And they did. But <laughs> yeah, I, after he put up what forty two on him earlier in the year, yeah, they, yeah, they want to yeah. take him away. Yeah, so I, I, I agree with you. I think he's going to probably be the best tight end, or highest owned tight end on this slate. What about the defenses, Pierre? Is that anything that you'd want to pick on in either one of these games? They have individual talent. I would for the Chargers. I would pay attention to the the Joey Bosa news to to make sure he's he's playing. He was another one that got banged up in that meaningless game. Uh, there the, the last week 18. So pay attention to that. But yeah, I mean, all defenses are, are in play because again, all you need is a, a pick six, uh, a strip okay. sack and a scoop and score. So yeah, both of these teams could do that, especially knowing that both quarterbacks like to, to drop back and throw the ball. Let's take a minute to look at those defenses. I think that the Buccaneers will probably be a very popular play. At least that's the one that jumps out of me whenever I look at all these defenses in this month, uh, Saturday through Monday slate. They're at 2600 almost the cheapest priced ones. I want to stay away from the Dolphins. I want to stay from the, away from the Seahawks. Probably the Ravens I want to stay away from as well. And so the Buccaneers are the first one that I may want to go to, especially with all the turnovers that Dak has recently put on the board. Yeah, that would be the ones I, I kind of lean in that range. We just mentioned like Jacksonville. They're, they're right there as well a little bit. I think I like the, the Cowboys still. Um, for one, we know Brady's going to throw the ball if they can get pressure on him. You know, they could really do some damage, I feel, uh, against Brady, who's not mobile, uh, who can't run. So I don't I don't mind the the Cowboys. I probably won't play the Vikings. They're they're interesting because Daniel Jones, who knows what he's gonna do. Uh, I think they got nine points against him that that first time, but he's uh he's kind of a wild card because he can he can make mistakes. He's been pretty good. He's run the ball a bit. Uh but I, I don't think I can go Vikings. The Giants though, um at three or three K, I know for the the Sunday slate. When it comes to the the full week, they are three K again. Kirk Cousins, man, he can he can make <laughs> mistakes. So uh, I don't buy the Giants there. I, I think I like them maybe the most uh, in hopes that Kirk Cousins thinks it's prime time. Miami at Buffalo. This one's at one o'clock. We're not sure about the quarterback situation right now. It's forty six point total. Looks to be good weather and everything. There in Buffalo, Pierre, um, eh, you know, I, Buffalo's got 27 and a half point total, right? Or implied total for their team, mm-hmm. team total. Yeah. Uh, it looks like a great spot. Josh Allen takes over these kind of games. At 7,900, he would have to get to 24. I think he could get to that 24. I, 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 don't, I don't see why he wouldn't get to 30. He's done it. <laughs> Twice this year against the Dolphins alone, uh, once in extreme heat and once in extreme cold. So he's done it in all weather conditions. Uh, I don't think it'll be too bad up in Buffalo this weekend. So, yeah, Josh Allen, again, he's in play. And I think he's one of the main reasons why folks may not try to save with, with Lawrence or, or with Daniel Jones, because he has the, the floor. You know, he's going to probably get you 20. Um, but he also has a ceiling and capabilities of getting you almost 40 if uh, if he needs to. So I, I do like Josh Allen. Again, I like Buffalo. 
as a team, I liked them anyways uh, to start the year, throughout the year, even more so now with the just the whatever's on their side right now. Yeah. I, I feel like there's a, a bigger power with them right now. I the only, the only the only scenario I see that could possibly play out is that Tua doesn't play. Teddy mm-hmm. Bridgewater's not going to play. Okay. So there, you know, Skylar Thompson or Mike Glennon goes into Buffalo and they just get destroyed. And, and so by the third quarter, they're looking to put Case Keenum in the game to kind of just preserve this game, where they're handing it off a bunch. I just I don't okay. think that they're going to run it up necessarily. So if they do destroy, who does the destroying for I Buffalo? Understand. I understand. And I just looked at week five against, I think it was the Steelers. Uh, Buffalo won that game 38-3. to How many points did Josh Allen put up? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> right there, I could scroll. 32. I was going to say 32. Yeah. Yeah. 39 points in a 38-3 to game. So that's a blowout. Um, but that blowout was due to him. 424 yards, four touchdowns. So even in those blowout games, unless the defense is, you know, maybe even like last week where the, the kickoff returns, they – they had two of those for for touchdowns. He still put up twenty two point seven when that took place. If if they're not running kickoff returns or their defense themselves isn't scoring, it's going to come through Josh Allen. Yeah. All right. Uh, last week, Naheem Hines had a big week, but it was returning kicks. Right. It wasn't necessarily <laughs> running the ball. And Devin Singletary didn't have a good week either last week at all. It was a James Cook week, and it only had seven DraftKings points. I don't know in the playoffs that we could trust either one of these guys, but I keep remembering Devin Singletary last year in the playoffs and how well he performed. I'm not going to buy into that this year because I know what they're doing, and it's not doing it with the running backs. Yeah, it's tough. Uh, but he's had a couple good games. Uh, two out of his last four against Miami, he's put up 17-plus uh, points, uh, even 24 uh, earlier at, at Miami. So Singletary can be in play for 5,500. He's going to be one to, to kind of get you unique if you don't want to play McCaffrey, a ETN, um, even a, an Austin Eckler type. He's going to be someone that it gets you different and gets you a part of, again, that 27.5 point total if you don't think it's going to be Josh Allen. But – I mean, James Cook is definitely starting to be more involved. Uh, he's still only seeing himself, you know, 10 to 12 touches uh, in the mm-hmm. game, but he's making the most of those 10 to 12 yeah. touches. So that's the that's the hiccup there. If there is a situation like you mentioned earlier where there's two guys and you want to play a cheaper one, uh, for that scenario it would be James Cook. Well, it would be so much fun to watch James Cook and Pacheco play. You know what I mean? It, <laughs> if they weren't on pass-first offenses. Yeah. <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only drawback to them. Hey, Mostart is out. Jeff Wilson, Jr., this is going to be his backfield again. No. But they are not. They don't have an opportunity <laughs> to use them. No, even if Tua plays, I don't think I can, can go with Jeff Wilson. Bills, okay. they can give it up on a run every once in a while, but they're pretty stout uh, against the run. But if Tua's out, then I don't think you can really – play like any of these guys maybe waddle like i like the way waddle's played against buffalo simply because they they seem to be so tyreek hill focused um waddle's probably the one i would would take a shot on if i play any dolphin what about the buffalo bills i i know stefan diggs had a couple of weaker weeks there towards the end of the season but last week he really lit it up uh and i think that they like to utilize him a lot. Uh, is this a Diggs mm-hmm. week? It's a Davis week. It's a McKenzie week. A Cole Beasley. Where, where, where am I going? Where am I? John Brown. So I don't. I don't think it's a Diggs week, just okay. because Miami again plays him well. They play each other two times a year. Uh, they held him to ten and fourteen this year. It was fifteen and sixteen last year. He's just at a price where that's not gonna. That's not gonna get it done. Um, but what they do tend to do well is, for one, dump-offs. That's why you've seen Singletary uh, have good games. Um, McKenzie has had a good game uh, against Miami as well, so I don't mind him down at, at 3,400. I don't like Beasley being in the equation. He's not on the field a lot, but he still can potentially take away uh, some of McKenzie's action. Um, Gabe Davis, I do like his price, 4,900. He still has the the ceiling. Or if he can get deep once or twice, he's going to pay off 4900 So I think I would lean Gabe Davis uh, or Dawson Knox at uh, at 4K would probably be the the two that I'm more heavily on uh, in a in a Josh Allen type of stack. Then I am Diggs, even though Diggs is obviously their their best receiver. Uh, Miami just has done a good job of limiting him uh, so far. Really weird. Gabe Davis, ten targets last week, three receptions, six point nine <laughs> fantasy points. 
I know. You're a little weak for Gabe Davis. You tell me Gabe Davis gets 10 targets and he has six fantasy, seven fantasy points. I'm like, no way, man. Hey, well, it's uh, New England. So, I mean, Belichick man. has a pretty good defensive scheme himself. Don't don't let me do it, right? Can you please take John Brown off the board for me? Just don't take do it. John. Don't, don't just, do it. I what love the what Dos- big play. That was pretty awesome, though, wasn't it? <laughs> that took place, oh, but no, oh. I wouldn't do that. My guy! You should see me. My guy! Smoking, they were smoking. Dawson Knox, I love that play. He's just on fire right now in that connection with them. So I, I don't mind that one at all. All right, New York Giants at the Minnesota Vikings, Pierre. I think we're rolling on, rolling on right here. New York Giants at the Minnesota Vikings. This game total is at, uh, what is that, 48 and a half? That's a big one, right? That's this the biggest it. one. And the Minnesota Vikings are the three-point favorites. They are also an implied team total of almost 26, 26 points. I'll just round it up to 26 <laughs> points in this one. Uh, I do love this Daniel Jones. I've been picking on the Minnesota Vikings week after week after week, mm-hmm. and it's been profitable for me. I've been in contention in a lot of different places. I think I, I, mean, I, I was in one of those dime contests with like 10,000 people or 8,000 people. I finished like 62nd, Pierre. 62nd. I won, yeah. 20, I won 20 cents, Pierre, off of that. <laughs> big money, big money. Big bucks, but, no whammies. <laughs> but I love picking on the Minnesota Vikings. But I also love what you said about Kirk Cousins too. I don't if he is not rostered highly. If he's like down there towards the end of the roster ship, mm-hmm. you know, uh, thing. I, I don't mind playing Kirk Cousins at all. Yeah, this is this is a unique game. For one, do you know what makes it the most unique? Uh, it's uh, um, <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> it's the other game that's indoors. Like, oh, uh, the dome. Yes, yeah. I did think about that earlier. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing that's why it has the highest total, but there's no weather elements, uh, which is what you really want from a fantasy standpoint, because teams are just going to be able to run their offense. Um, I, I like the Giants. I like Daniel Jones. It's going to be hard to play him over some of these other studs that are, are priced really well. Um, but I mean, again, he's going to be unique if he can get you the, the 24 and a half that he got you, you know, week 16 against this same Vikings team. You'll take it. You'll you'll take that for sure, and you know you'll be able to pay up elsewhere. Uh, so his salary would allow you to pay up. His stacking options are also priced really, really well with Hodgins, yeah. Slayton, Richie James. Those are really the the main three. I think you can do Barkley in a stack if you wanted to. I know he's a running back. His targets kind of fluctuate, so that's that's a little concerning. But he saw ten targets uh, against the Vikings when they played earlier this year, so he gets that type of of volume from a passing game standpoint, you can include him with Jones as well. And then obviously on the, the Viking side, the, the bring backs, Justin Jefferson, if you can afford him, uh, he's, he's actually priced down a little bit compared on where he ended the season pre- previously. Um, so I know what the what, 8,400, I think on the, the uh, Saturday through Monday, he's 86 uh, for the Sunday only, but you're looking at 8,400 for Justin Jefferson, 30 plus, you know, point potential. He got 34 against these Giants on 16 targets uh, when they met before. Hawkinson got 16 targets, I believe it was, when they met before as well. So tight ends really interesting, I feel, this weekend because of Kittle, Andrews, Hawkinson, Evan Ingram. We just talked about Knox. There's options there. And some of those guys are capable of getting wide receiver type of volume. Uh, So just keep that in mind as well. But yeah, this is a pretty good game to stack. A lot of guys are affordable. Uh, even those that are, are highly priced, like a Jefferson, aren't as highly priced as they have been in the regular season. You can even put your guy Kenny Galladay in there, who came alive no, against the Philadelphia Eagles. No, that is not my guy. <laughs> Hodges is my guy. Actually. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well. Yeah. No. No. no I, I do love that. This I might put eight guys in my lineup from this stack from this game right here. That's something right there. We're gonna have a lot of fun in this one. All right. So we're we moving on because you talked about everybody. I didn't even yeah. say nothing. The yeah. listeners are very I thankful. I don't like Dalvin Cook. Something's going on. So I don't. No Dalvin Cook. No Dalvin Cook. I, okay. Uh, Alexander Madison. Then? No, I think I just stick with the, the passing. Okay. Passing right. A lot of passes. A lot of passes in this yes. game. Uh, all right, next game total here. This is Baltimore and Cincinnati. This is at 42 points. This is the Sunday night game. Everybody's waiting on Sunday night. Can you do that better than me? <laughs> uh, probably not. Okay. If I right. could, I wouldn't even try it. So there you go. <laughs> this game total is at 24 and a half. I think I said that. And the Cincinnati Bengals are favored by seven points in this one, Pierre. If I were picking anything, I would just keep picking Cincinnati Bengals in this one. I don't even know that I can lean Mark Andrews just because they're so one-dimensional that I, I think it's easy to take him away. Um, mm-hmm. 5200 is a good, cheap price for Mark Andrews, but I, I'm just scared to use him in, a, in this kind of format. I'm not. 
Okay. <laughs> I, I like Andrews. Uh, 5,200. We just saw likely uh, when Andrews didn't play that last game. We saw likely get 13 targets, caught eight for 103. That's the same type of, of volume you can expect Andrews to get now that he's back. Uh, they played Cincy earlier this year. He had 10 targets, caught eight for 89, a touchdown. When you look at last season at Cincinnati, he had 10, caught uh, eight for 125 and a touchdown. And I'm pretty sure Lamar's going to be back for this game. Like, I don't see I don't see the NFL making this a Sunday night football game huh. without, without some pretty good chances that it's going to be Lamar. You don't want to put Tyler Huntley in, in Sunday night primetime when you could have a Josh Allen. Um, so it's the same type of situation. So why not Josh Allen and potentially Tua at Sunday night versus Burrow and uh, Huntley? That's that's what leads me to believe that Lamar is gonna gonna return in this game. I think that there'd be a lot of rust there, and yeah. he doesn't he doesn't need to knock off a lot of rust to throw it to Mark Andrews. I mean, he just doesn't exactly. Need to, you know, I mean, it's it's because it's all whatever. It's the route that he's seen a million times. Uh, I I still can't pick them to win this game. But I could see how it could make it a little bit more competitive. I, I don't mind putting a Joe Burrow. It's, it's really going to depend on ownership, I think, going into Sunday mm-hmm. and into Monday slate. This is just going to be a lot of ownership issues for me of trying to get different by looking at how much people have them in their lineups. That's, that's what I think so I got to do. With Baltimore, if Lamar plays, you can you can play Lamar. Uh, you can still play him with Rust, uh, then Dobbins and Andrews. Obviously, with, with Cincy, I'm not touching Joe Mixon. I don't care. Uh, he's done like one one thing yep. all year. He's been awful, if we're being honest, aside for one game. So it'd be Burrow with uh, a Higgins, a Chase, a Boyd, uh, even a Hearst uh, for that little revenge type of narrative. He was a, a former Raven. But I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. What what happens with Lamar Jackson if he plays and they lose this game with the Baltimore Ravens organization? Yeah, I've I've thought about that for a long time, to be honest with you, because I know that this is a big contention. I thought about in the last offseason about what is Lamar going to be able to do this year and and how's he going to react. And I'm sure he was injured and all those things. I I I think he's gone. I I don't I don't see he wanted to be taken care of before his contract ended, and he was not. And yeah. I think that that leaves a bad taste in players' mouths nowadays. And in addition, the injury mm-hmm. is going to yeah. add salt to the wound. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. now you're you're thinking about, hey, I'm injured. They didn't take care of me. Uh, also, they they extended Roquan Smith today from your Bears, wow. uh, who they just traded for this season. So they just they just traded for a defender and gave him an extension before their franchise quarterback. That sends a message. And also, you know, we say we, I, I always joke about do not pick a Baltimore Ravens running back because mm-hmm. whatever they're doing back there in the backfield or the grass, the field that they're on, they always end up injured. They always end up really injured. You know, it's not just a, a little groin injury here or there or stub toe or anything. It's a big, serious injury. And we've seen Lamar have some pretty serious injuries. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure it's a leg or a lower body injury, mm-hmm. but it's just I, I wouldn't want to play there if I was Lamar. Yeah, he may not have a choice because they can franchise tag him. So his uh, only leverage would be to to hold out, kind of like Kyler uh, was threatening to do last year. Um, but you could see Lamar in the the trade market, and there'll, there'll be teams interested if that if that <laughs> you happens. Hope. You have hope. Hey, let me ask you: Do we have to have any concerns? I know you talked about stacking T. Higgins up in this game or playing T. Higgins. Do we have any concerns about this? He had seven targets last week, one reception to start the game off, seven yards, uh, just two DraftKings points. It, it's got to be tough. Yeah, it's got to be tough. I wasn't on him last week because that's a that's a hard mental obstacle to overcome. Uh, even though he didn't do anything wrong, he's just out there playing yeah. football to be involved. In that situation with Demar Hamlin, that I, I wasn't going to touch him just because I wasn't sure his head would be in the game. Now, as as things have progressed, you know, Demar I believe is back in Buffalo now, uh, seeing seeing treatment at that you know local hospital facility um, in Buffalo. I feel like his mind's going to be a bit more clear, so I think he could roll him out this week. But I, I wasn't touching him uh, in that situation last I'm week t- at all. I'm still a little hesitant too, and I'm I didn't watch the entire game, but I did see some of those highlights. And I needed to focus in a little bit more on the T. Higgins mm-hmm. snaps last week, but it just seemed like Baltimore was really trying to take him away. I, I I don't I don't know if that was because 
Maybe they had a little animosity towards him. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe it was because they think that he's more of a threat than Chase. I, I don't know. Trying to make him go in a different direction. I don't know. I don't know. That's the thing. Like they can only. I feel like they their their secondary can only take away one of those guys. So they got to pick their poison. Uh, and Chase obviously had the game last week, so it could be a, a Higgins this week if they try to take away Chase. But I mean, again, they they probably knew they were going to play each other anyway, so maybe yeah. we didn't see what we're actually going to see come Sunday. Okay, let's go in a different direction than Baltimore Cincinnati. It's my is my word of advice there for the DFS Reader podcast. <laughs> Dallas at Tampa Bay is where we're going to next, though. This game total is forty five and a half. It's Monday night. It's the last one. Looks like a lot of fun in this one, and you have the Dallas Cowboys. Does it? I, I think so. I, I, I do. I'm very interested in this one because okay. is it is it Brady's last game? I don't know. I don't think so. I think he played pretty well this year. I know the stats aren't necessarily there to show it, but I mean, 400 yards two games ago, right? Uh, it's I mean, it's it's all over it right there. And Dallas right now is at two and a half point favorite, which is just cracking me up, really. I I don't understand why. And their team implied total is 24. Pierre, I. Whenever I look at this game and I think about it, I do look at a Tom Brady and say $5,800 for Tom Brady is pretty cheap, and I don't know who's going to play him. Yeah, no one, and he's capable of, of doing what he did you know, against Carolina where he went for 40. Um, if he can start hitting Mike Evans deep, he's still got Godwin. Uh, maybe the ghost of Julio shows up for a couple plays like He's got weapons that he can throw it to. Even dump-offs to, like, White and, and Fournette can can ultimately get him there. Um, this year, week one against Dallas, he only put up 11.38, you know, with that pressure. Last year, week one against Dallas, he put up 32.16. So, which Brady's going to show up at home, Tampa? If it's not his last game total, like, completely, I, I think it'll be his last game in Tampa. Um, I think he might follow Sean Payton somewhere. He could go out hmm. to Las Vegas, um, which I think is pretty interesting with the Derek Carr situation. Uh, Dana White, who's the the president of the UFC, uh, has spoken out that he had Brady and Gronk set to go to the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like a couple years ago. And uh, Gruden, who was there at the time, squashed it. So Gruden's not yeah. there anymore. Obviously, McDaniels knows Brady from New England. There's Devontae Adams, who's now staying there. So just watch that situation. But yeah, this is this is why he came out of retirement was for this, right? Like yeah. this is he wants the win. He wants to prove that he's still the best. And so this is now that that season, uh, that postseason uh, time for for Tom Brady. So yeah, he's definitely playable at, at fifty eight hundred. And again, folks are probably going to flock to a Daniel Jones or, or Trevor Lawrence before him. And and you know. Dallas Cowboy defense is is great. It's it's wonderful. They get a lot of pressure on you and stuff like that. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line is terrible. Terrible. I mean, it's just one of the worst ones that I've seen in a long, long time. But they also give up a bunch of big plays. They just do. And that Mike Evans thing, if it really started clicking, which maybe it did that last guy, I don't, I'm taking a shot on him. I may not be in that Dreamer <laughs> podcast one, but I'm taking a shot with this guy, with these guys, and I'm gonna, I'm not gonna mind pa- pairing them up with Mike Evans, and I'm not gonna mind pairing them up. I almost want to say, if you know, I'm gonna do a Godwin, of course, but I would love to take the cheap route and go with a Gage too. Gage just has been very active out there on the field yeah. for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I wouldn't mind it at 3,800. That's gonna give me a ton of different options. If I make a you know build a couple different lineups, one with Evans, one with Godwin, and mm-hmm. one with uh, Gage in there instead of one or the other, you know, it can, it can. You can even again, I mentioned it. You can you can do it with a running back. Like you can do a yeah a Fournette, you know, who's going to get some. He catches balls. Like I know he they didn't play like that last game, but you know he got four receptions against Carolina. He got nine receptions against Arizona. Uh, you look at the game against Dallas earlier. He got 18.7 points. So you can get Fournette in there, you know, for 5,300 as well if you want to get a little bit different. <laughs> I do like being different, Pierre. What about the <laughs> Cowboys side? I know that Pollard, if Pollard and Elliott can't run the ball, which I, I think we both feel like they're not going to be able to run the ball very well. Mm-hmm. So you're going you're gonna to put a Dak in there. You're going to put a C.D. Lamb in there. Can you go all the way down to a T.Y. Hilton at 3,200? Is he worth a flyer? No. Okay, not at all. <laughs> I love you. I always will, but no, I, I won't go there. It'd be Lamb. Uh, I don't mind Gallup at that price. One of the the spots that Tampa struggled with all year, though, is that tight end. So out of the Cowboys, the one I think I like most is Dalton Schultz at 4,300. Again, he's going to get you off of, 
all these tight ends. There's a lot of good tight ends uh, once we start talking through this slate uh, that are playing. But I, I think I like Schultz the, the most. I don't think he can run the ball against Tampa. So C.D. Lamb, Dalton Schultz, those types are probably the ones I would lean. One of the ways to get really different in those GPPs, too, is is to do a double tight end stack, one in the flex and one in the tight end spot. And it can it can really save you some money this week. You can go with a Schultz and a Knox, and, and boy, you've just spent $8,300 there. Uh, and you got a lot on uh, two spots, and you got a lot of room to spend on elsewhere. Oh, I like it. All right, Pierre, build us a lineup here in just a second. Let me remind everybody to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore. Please like, please subscribe to this show. Uh, also, leave comments if you can. That always helps out any kind of show that you listen to on a podcast. So I'll encourage you to do that with whatever podcast you listen to. You can follow me as well at Loafing It over on Twitter. And don't forget about joining the Baby Bowl. The Baby Bowl is one of those things that you're just going to want to be a part of. It's on the pinned tweet over there on the on the Fantasy Impact Today Twitter handle and also on mine at Loafing It. Pierre one day might be able to actually pin some thing on his uh, <laughs> Twitter handle, but he does not. But you can check that out and yell at him over on Twitter at Wee 31 uh, Ask him about lineup builds. He loves talking about that stuff, Pierre. For sure, yeah. Definitely reach out. And uh, I think we had, what, Tuffy uh, won a championship with, oh, with yeah, me yeah. and Rob and us, you know, providing uh, some some guidance there. So that was good. Congrats to, to them on their fantasy championship. But with this lineup here, um, let's go Daniel Jones. I was gonna, let's, I was gonna say Daniel Jones, baby. Let's do it, uh, just because his his options are so cheap oh, to, yes. to pair him with. So I'll go Jones. You know, I gotta get my guy Hodgins in there uh, as a bring back, as well as Richie James. I'm gonna go ahead and get Justin Jefferson on the other side to to have that that correlation there. Uh, paying up for McCaffrey, I think they bought him here for a reason. Seattle struggles against the run, so give me McCaffrey. Give me a uh, Travis Etienne uh, at running back as well. And go down. Uh, let's just go Monday night. Let's get some some last some late night last game PMR. Okay. So give me Schultz at tight end. Uh, give me Fournette in the flex and the Buccaneers defense. Uh, that's about six hundred left on the table, so you can always move up a uh, player somewhere else. So that is Daniel Jones, Travis Etienne, Christian McCaffrey, Isaiah Hodgins, Richie James Jr., Justin Jefferson, Dalton Schultz, Leonard Fournette, Buccaneers D. There you go. That's the winner right there. I look at it, and I like that Hodgins and James, man. I love that Hodgins and James. That's great. I love the 400 yards the Minnesota Vikings defense gives up each and every week. So we're just in the money already. I feel it, Pierre. I feel the money. Let's do it. Wildcard weekend is here. Great job, Pierre. And we look forward to hearing from you, the DFS Dreamer podcast uh, listeners as well. And don't forget to go out there and find a way to make a positive impact in somebody's life today. 